Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Well, there is one undefeated team in college football that is on major upset alert tomorrow night. We're going to explain who that is now on Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is the two-time NBA champion, Norris Cole, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Game day tomorrow is at James Madison, but the biggest game for the CFP is definitely in Corvallis, Oregon. Trevor Maddich joining us now as we get a sense of the world of college football. Trevor, let's start right there. Oregon State is favored over undefeated Washington. Do you agree with that assessment from the odds makers? I do, Aaron. I, I do. And the reason is twofold. One is that it is at Reeser Stadium in Corvallis. That's Oregon State's home field. And they haven't lost there in almost two years. It's a really difficult place to play. The other thing is the nature of the matchups. Washington is phenomenal at throwing the ball down the field. Their running game is not as good as it looked against USC. That was more USC opening the game, uh, opening the gate a few weeks ago than it was Washington just blasting them out of the way. And their defense is, is up and down. Now you compare that to Oregon State. Oregon State, one of the best offensive lines in the country. They've got the Pac-12's leading rusher. They've got, on the other side of the ball, the Pac-12's leading sacker. Well, excuse me, they are leading the Pac-12 in sacks. They don't have the single leading guy. That's Jonah uh, Ellis at Utah. But Oregon State is tied with Utah with most sacks in the Pac-12. They are number one in the Pac-12 at interceptions. They're number two in rushing defense. So they definitely have the ability to make Washington one-dimensional uh, one and then with their ability to sack and get interceptions where they are elite, they have the ability to force mistakes. You put all that together and I can see where Washington comes into this a slight underdog. Ah, I have to, you know what, I got to agree with you because at first I'm like, I don't understand how the better team, the higher ranked team is the underdog, but they haven't lost in almost two years. Their strength of Oregon State is the weakness of Washington. But I'm still going to pick Washington until somebody beats them. You know, I I believe, you know, you, until you beat the big dog, you know, I'm, I'm going with that. So I don't, I don't think that Oregon State, you know, I don't think that they're going to roll over. Obviously, I think they're going to have a competitive game. Um, I think it's going to come down to who turns the ball over less and who has ball control. And I think Washington's run game recently has stepped it up, even though it was against USC. I yeah. think I think that they helps. become more. Yeah, <laughs> that helps a lot. But what that does, though, it gives you confidence because no matter who you play against, once you get the confidence, it don't matter who you play against. And so I think they believe they have a balance. And with that balance, their play action, their passing game, is, as we know, is prolific. And I think that they can – 
I think they can upset Oregon State. I really do. Yeah, Norris, they can hit the threes. I mean, there's nobody better in the country than Michael Penix Jr., the Washington quarterback, yes, at sir. throwing the ball down the field. And yeah. not just hitting a receiver, but hitting him on any point of the compass, depending on where the defender is. In other words, he can place the ball in back of the receiver, in front of the receiver, or left or right. So no matter how close coverage is, they can complete those passes. So that that is an argument in favor of what you're saying, Norris. Yes, sir. He, he, he put it right on the money. He one puts the, the best, ball right on the money. One of the best quarterbacks that not only has been such a great class, one of the most impressive quarterbacks I've seen the last few years in college football. Trevor Maddich is live in studio with us on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Go to Progressive.com. We'll get to Michigan with Trevor in just a second. But first, a couple of the other big games of the day. Georgia has another ranked team on the docket. They now are number one in the CFP. How much of a chance, if any, do you give Tennessee tomorrow? Very little. Very little. <laughs> T- Tennessee plays much better at home than they do on the road. But the matchups favor Georgia in such a major way here. One of the reasons is that Georgia's band is back together again when it comes to pass catchers. Brock Bowers, their great tight end, is healthy. Lad McConkey, their great wide receiver, is healthy. Both of them at the same time. And they put, what was it, 55 on, on Ole Miss when both of those guys were healthy at the same time. And Tennessee's secondary, if you can throw it deep, you can hit them deep. Now, another problem is that they were exposed, Tennessee, by the two best teams they played, Alabama and Missouri, in ways that Georgia can also exploit. One of those is that Tennessee is largely one-dimensional. Last year, they became famous for throwing the ball deep down the field early and often, but this year they just don't complete those very often. So Tennessee still goes up-tempo, but they will pound you with the run. Well, Georgia's defense is good enough to slow down that run and force Joe Milton III, the quarterback for Tennessee, to throw the ball over the top. That favors Georgia. So just things like that, I think, give Georgia an edge. As a matter of fact, I like them not just to win, but to cover. I think they're laying about 10 uh, and I think Georgia won't have too much trouble with that. Totally agree. Totally agree. I think Georgia is starting to get to the point where they they sensing that playoff is coming, and they sensing that that potential matchup with Alabama in the in the championship game is coming. So I think all things, all systems are go. They're getting healthy. They got the best tight end, possibly the best player in the country, and you know Bowers back. He's healthy. Yeah. I think I think they might run the table the rest of the way, possibly into the college football playoff. It would be a third straight national championship for the Bulldogs. Trevor Badich with us in studio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Norris Cole. All right, let's get to the big story of the week, which obviously is Michigan. Trevor, how surprised were you that after fighting this to the death, like lawyering up and wanting to go to court, all of a sudden, Michigan was like, okay, yeah, we'll accept Jim Harbaugh's suspension for games for the remainder of the regular season. Yeah, that seems like a little bit of whiplash, doesn't it, Aaron? <laughs> because it's like you were expecting a big old fight. You know, they both put up their dukes. They're both talking talking smack, and all of a sudden, they both stepped down. And I think what happened is that both Michigan and the Big Ten took a breath and stepped back from the brink. They were both standing in front of a, an ugly, nasty, smelly pit of mud, ready to go down into it and fight in that mud. And I think they both decided, you know what? We've got the two-time defending Big Ten champion on possibly a national championship run. We've got the Big Ten that fancies itself the most prestigious conference in the entire sport, and we're going to voluntarily descend into that mud pit and meet in the middle. 
And I think they both decided that the best thing was just to say, look, take your suspension. We will drop the rest of it, and we'll let the NCAA take it from there. And as we all know, Jim Harbaugh is going to have grandkids playing football at Michigan before the NCAA gets done with anything because they are glacial in the way they do these sorts of things. And that way, the the nasty, smelly mud fight is averted. Absolutely. And we were just talking about this. I think Michigan understood that if the Big Ten did want to open up Pandora's box, there was a lot more there. And they didn't want to have the Michigan brand smeared like that. And then the Big Ten understands Michigan, along with Ohio State, is one of the biggest brands for the conference, if not the biggest brand. So Michigan and Ohio State, and you don't want to devalue your brand as a conference, especially when you have USC, UCLA coming in the next couple of years. You don't want to devalue that at all. So I think they were able to come to a common, brown, common ground, which made a lot of sense for the long run. Yeah, that, that's a great point, Norris, because who knows what else is there as you continue to pull back the curtain. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I don't think either one of them really, really wants to know. So I think they're letting the NCAA work that curtain. Oh, the NCAA definitely is going to dig all the way down. And when they drop the hammer, it's going to be a Thor-type hammer. But, but you know, I don't know, Trevor, last thing on this. If Michigan wins the national title, just as a fan, you know, I, I didn't play. I didn't go to BYU. I don't, Norris is all wrapped up in the Buckeyes. Like, <laughs> as a fan, how am I supposed to look at that national championship the night that they win it? You know, am, am I going to view it the same way that I viewed Georgia's last two? I'm not. Yeah, I would, though. I, I see it differently, Aaron, because if people didn't realize that there was sign-stealing going on, then that's one thing. But it's been out in the open for a long, long time. And at this point, you need to take you know, defensive measures if you're the other side. And let me just suggest this quickly. I don't know if this is true. This is a hypothetical. But in the playoff game last year between Michigan and TCU, there were reports that TCU knew yeah. that their signs had been stolen. And early in that game, TCU jumped out to a huge league. J.J. Uh, McCarthy, the Michigan quarterback, I think threw two pick sixes. I know at least one. And then, all of a sudden, everything turned around. Michigan came roaring back, but they were in too deep of a hole to finish it. And TCU ended up winning that game. Is it possible that that happened because TCU countered Ew. the sign-stealing unbeknownst to Michigan? But yeah. Trevor, and though, so we don't know that that happened. But now we do know that if we are playing Michigan, we've got to disguise a little bit. Yeah, but but even if you do know, it's against the rules. <laughs> we can't be like, oh, let's defend ourselves from people who are breaking the rules. Like the rules are being broken. That's why I can't look at it as uh, an honorable championship well, because because it's publicly being broken. Now, if we never know, then hey, we don't know. But we do know, and so it's it's less honorable for me. Yeah, to Norris's point, I mean, it's, you know, you're aware maybe of some rule breaking, but they didn't just break the rules. They stomped on the rules so crazily (laughs) like that that I've, you know, so it'll be interesting to see where this goes from here. Trevor, we'll let you go. Appreciate the time. That's Trevor Maddich in studio with us, college football analyst with us at ESPN. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks, guys. Coming up next, we're going to talk some NBA in-season tournament. There is a score in the league right now that has my jaw on the ground, and I'm concerned about one championship contender. We'll talk about it next. I'm Aaron Goldhammer, Norris Cole with you. Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. 
This week on Football Sunday on ESPN Radio, it's a showdown between AFC East rivals in Orchard Park when Zach Wilson and the New York Jets face Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. It's no secret, the clock's ticking, you know, gotta have some urgency now. Coverage begins at 4 Eastern with kickoff at 425 Eastern on select ESPN Radio stations. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Nine games tonight in the NBA in-season tournament as things are reaching a fever pitch. Who is going to make it to Las Vegas? Who will win the first NBA Cup? Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, ESPN App Series XM Channel 80. I'm trying to get everybody excited, Norris. It's it's working. A little bit it's working. I, I see... The courts, people like, people have opinions, some people like, some people hate. That's the way it's supposed to work for sports. And I think some teams, I'm not sure every team, but I'll give you an example of a team. I think the Indiana Pacers care about the in-season tournament. I think Tyrese Halliburton, the way he's playing, I think he's invested in now. If you're a championship contender, if you're the Bucks <laughs> right now, I don't know. You don't know that you're really all that wrapped up in it, but I think we'll get to see some of the young talent, Minnesota, Indiana. Some of these teams, I think, are the ones that are going to be on display. At least I hope that's where it's heading in Las Vegas. Yeah, you also got San Antonio, you know, teams like maybe Charlotte, Washington, teams that, you know, know they don't have a future this season of having any success. So I agree. It also gives the fans some excitement. We all know this time of year is football. Yes, yeah. it's, it's, it's we get we NFL, uh, the the college playoffs, the college football playoffs are coming up. So I think this gives the fans excitement. It gives the NBA some viewership to keep keep the numbers up. Yeah, and and the cool designs, you know, it's a play on your eyes. So it's something nice to look at, and it's and it's competitive. It's it's very it's some high level basketball being played early in the season right now that I'm not sure that we maybe normally will see. Yeah, if you're James Harden, you're making 36 million. I don't know that the 500 grand for the in-season tournament is really going to get your blood. But it's but not. But are, that guy on the end of the bench who's on a two-way, yeah, he'll he'll take the extra 500 thousand dollars. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance motorcycles, boats, and RVs protection on the road, on the water. See how much you can save. 1-800 Progressive and Progressive.com. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is two-time NBA champion Norris Cole. Norris, couple things just from around the league as we look at the in-season tournament landscape for tonight you know i brought up the bucks they're in charlotte tonight they were losing for most of the first half they're up by two at halftime but they've allowed 57 first half points this is a team that was so known for their defense i know they're adjusting with damon Giannis, but i think there is some reason for concern for the bucks and their new coach adrian griffin yeah there's some concern only because it's early in the year 
Uh-huh. Anytime two legendary talents or three legendary talents come together and you lose a vital piece in gaining that talent, it takes time. Like I'll give you an example. When LeBron and Chris Bosh, big three, came together, they started off the season very slow, eight and eight, eight and nine, yeah. before they took off. And, you know, sometimes sometimes it takes it takes some time to mesh because Dame brings the dynamic that Drew doesn't bring. And Drew brung a dynamic that Dame doesn't bring. So that the whole chemistry, the way they used to work under Coach Bud, all of that changes when you have a new head coach and you have a new star player. And so I just think we need to give them some time to figure it out. Um, not too much time, no, but, you know, I think give them some time to figure it out, and I think they will because your defense shouldn't go from being one of the elite defenses to almost last just because yeah. you lost one or two players. That that shouldn't happen. So Well, it's one or two players, and it's also a major coaching change, which nobody makes a coaching change to play better in November. They do right. it eventually to put yourself in a better situation in May and June. So I think it's a little early, as you mm-hmm. said, to pass judgment on that. The Clippers, meanwhile, Norris, have got to be – the most disappointing story in the league. I mean, three and seven. You had Russ today acknowledge, or somebody leaked out. I don't know where Woj gets his Woj bombs, but <laughs> that that Russ wants to go to the bench, that he's volunteering himself to go to the bench because what's happening with him and Harden on the court together, I think we have enough of a sample size between OKC, Houston, and now Los Angeles to know it's not the ideal fit of those two guys together, and it's I think it's right now really throwing off what the Clippers are trying to do. I think Russ is trying to work ahead of the game and be wise. He's he's trying to be the wise vet. He's trying to be the team player because he understands that in order for them to both be effective, they both need the ball. Mm-hmm. And there's only one ball out there. And in order for a team to have rhythm, you have to have one guy with the ball who can create offense for everybody. And when you have two dribble-happy, ball-dominant guys, it's hard to have rhythm on the court for extended periods of time. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, Russ is just trying to be the bigger man. He's, you know, he's trying to – he's actually trying to sacrifice for winning, which is what legendary players do when they come together. One or two of them be like, you know what, I'll take a step back for the greater good of the team. And, I, and I'm happy for Russ, you know, being the bigger man doing that. But – they're a disappointment, and I still don't see how this can turn around anytime soon. I don't. I don't see it. I hope uh, it does for Ty Lue's sake, because I, you know, I'm a big Ty Lue guy. Yeah. Uh, and his assistant coach Dan Craig, he was my coach in Miami, so they had championship pedigree. But I, I just don't see it because the West is not lighting up. The, the West is not getting any easier. No, it is not. And the champions certainly are there. And there are some other teams that have just sort of arrived on the scene, like Minnesota, for example. Ant-Man is another team I, I, I want to I bring up. I mean, look, Denver said last year, Norris, that that was the hardest series they played. I know the Suns took them to six. And Book and KD had those couple of games where they went off. I think right now one of the biggest stories in the league should be the emergence of Anthony Edwards, and I'm just blown away by how well they are playing as a team. To me, they've looked the most impressive of just about anybody so far early in the year. Absolutely. Ant-Man has taken that next step. From from Team USA to, to this season, he's taken that next step. He might be the best two-way perimeter player in the league right now because he's playing like first-team all-defense and like first-team all-NBAs. Like, he's giving you the business on both ends of the court. He's making the right plays. He's raised the level of competitiveness as a as a unit, as a 
organization. Minnesota is now competitive in every game that they play, and so yeah, I'm I'm all for I'm all for Ant Man. He's he's cut from that, you know, from that you know Kobe Bryant, you know, yeah. M- MJ type of mode. Not that he's them, but you can tell by the way he plays and he competes that that's who he studies and who he watches. And I think it's actually healthy for the league and maybe not the way they drew this up, but I'm hoping that it's the way that it emerges. I would rather see Ant-Man, Halliburton, the young stars of the league that nobody really knows yet. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great stage in Vegas to go the first week of December and be in the semis and the finals of the end season tournament to me. I'm not hoping it's Boston and Philly. There'll be time for us to talk about those teams at the end end of the season at the, you know, so it's almost like they're two separate playoffs. It's like, the young up-and-comer playoffs would sort of take on the mold of the in-season tournament, and mm-hmm. then you'd have really the best of the best battling it out in May and June. Do you think, uh, just as a former player, Norris, would you like there to be some end-of-season stakes? You know, if you win the end-season tournament, you're guaranteed a top-four spot. Or should there be a little extra on the line than just the money and a trophy that nobody really knows yet exactly what it represents over the course of the next few weeks? You know what I believe? I believe they need to take out that play-in tournament take that out stop rewarding losing really and, yes take that out and then the winner of this tournament get an automatic seat automatic bid uh-huh automatic bid to the playoffs automatic bid to the playoffs the 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 uh, play-in tournament has added some additional drama but to your point what does it say that there were two play-in teams that made the conference finals last year that just means that the regular season You know, teams really just gear up to be ready to go in May and June. They don't care about things like home court advantage or seating really anymore. When you're you're a good team, you don't. When you're a younger team, it matters. But when you're a a team full of veterans, full of star players with championship pedigree, you know you got to win on the road anyway. And so I think think Minnesota, for example, I think winning this early season tournament, that could propel them to being being a contender. Yep. I think it's funny because if the Celtics win the in-season tournament, it's like the not in the top hundred moments in Celtics history. Right. If the Wolves win the in-season tournament, it's the greatest moment in the history of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I'm not kidding. Coming up next, we play another edition of Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. Two-time champ Norris Cole is here with his Larry O'Brien trophies. This is Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio. Hey, it's your resident Super Bowl champ, Chris Candy, coming up Monday. I'll tell you why a Chiefs win on Monday night means the AFC playoffs will go through Arrowhead once again. It's unsportsmanlike, 6 a.m. Eastern, right here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, and ESPNU. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. 
because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Ooh, who was the DJ? We are so fresh and so clean tonight Ooh. on ESPN Radio. Amber and Ian. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. The voice you hear there is two-time NBA champ Norris Cole. We're presented by Progressive. You can check us out. Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. We will get to a segment we call Big Deal or Not a Big Deal coming up in just a second. Uh, And by a second, I mean like two minutes because I've got to embarrass Norris about something first. Uh, I covered Norris a little bit in college uh, because I've been in Cleveland for about 20 years and Norris went to Cleveland State. So I feel like I I come at asking for this story from a different place than most. I I did some Norris Cole research leading into this show the first time you and I are hosting together. And I see this video of this game in New Jersey where LeBron James, after the game, comes over and introduces you I believe to Jay-Z and Beyonce who are sitting courtside. Do you remember this moment? And do you remember at all the conversation? Cause it looked like Braun sort of took you under his wing and introduced you to somebody who you like looked up to and loved. Just give us, if you can, any little color, a little extra from this story. Oh, I do remember that. So before the game, um, you know, I was like, man, you think, you think Hove going to come to the game? And he was like, yeah, he'll be there. <laughs> and I said, you think I can meet him? And then he was like, yeah, yeah, you can meet him. And it was just like that, just left alone. But I'm like, uh-huh. ah, yeah, right, maybe. You know, he just, you know, whatever. So after the game, I had totally forgot the game was over. I was about to go in the locker room. He was like, hey, Cole, come here. And I'm like, like, what, man? Like, what? I'm trying to go, you know, take a shower. He was like, man, come here real quick. So I ran over there. And then he was like, he was like, oh, this is my little brother, Cole. Cole, this whole, you know, introduce yourself. So I introduced me to him, you know, and I thought it was nice to meet him, you know, and I, I enjoyed his music, you know. Do you I, call him Jay? You call him Hove? Because I've been in the same room as Jay-Z before, and I almost wanted to go up and say hi, but I didn't know, do I call him um, Sean? Do I call him Jay? <laughs> Mr. Do Carter. I, do I call him Mr. Carter? Do I call I, him I don't know Hove? if I called him Hove or Jay. I yeah. called call either Jay or Hove. I, yeah. I don't remember which one, but I was just like, you know, it was an honor to meet him. And I was, thought it was so cool that LeBron remembered that right after the game. Like, as yeah. soon as the game was over, it's like his memory clicked in. So that was kind of a cool moment. Well, that was a big deal. It was definitely a big deal. But it's time for us to play a little edition of Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. And we bring in the producer of Amber and E on ESPN Radio. Here is Harry Black. How's it going, you guys? We're going to play a little Big Deal, Not a Big Deal. We're going to start with... RG3 saying the Browns should sign him. As a matter of fact, Javon has that sound. Why don't you hit that sound, Javon? The Browns should sign me as their starting quarterback, and here's why. One, at 33 years old, I understand the game better than I ever have in my entire career. I know how to slide, and I know when to slide, and that was a huge issue in my eight years in the NFL. But I've learned. I've learned from my mistakes, and I'm ready to showcase that I can get it done. But here's the thing. Deshaun Watson went 14 for 14 in the second half against the Baltimore Ravens, and he used his legs to go out and scramble and extend plays. Of those 14 passes, there weren't really any of them that you would say were $230 million worthy passes. All they needed him to do was manage the game because of them dogs they got over there on defense, starting with Miles Garrett. Well, guess what? I didn't do that. 
I can go out there and manage a game for the Cleveland Browns and help them go on the Super Bowl run that they want to go on. But here's the second thing. I still run a 4-3-40, people, and I can throw the football 80 yards. I train every week like an NFL football player so I could be ready for moments just like this. So they need to hit my line. And the third thing is, for me, if Dorian Thompson Robinson is going to be their guy and they don't bring me in to be the starter, then they should bring me in to be the backup so I can help him in the same ways that I helped Lamar Jackson. I learned six offenses in eight years in the NFL. Nobody wants to talk about it, but learning a new offense has never been a problem for me. And I can help DTR with his decision making, when to make certain plays, and truly to understand what he has to do as a quarterback with a defense like that on the other side of the football. So RG3 from uh, RG3 in the Ones podcast. Um, big deal, not a big deal, Norris, that RG3 says he wants to come back and not be on the call of college football tomorrow on ESPN, but to play for the Browns. I'm so big deal. I'm so, and I think he's right. Because I'm in the same predicament as far as NBA teams. <laughs> I think. <laughs> if you listen, need a backup point guard. If you need guard. a backup point guard or somebody to come in and help your young point guard, you help your team understand championship pedigree and day-to-day habits of a pro, call me. I'm ready. And I train every day. I'm ready. And I, I think he's right. Just think about what he said. He learned six offenses in eight years. Wow. He, he helped Lamar Jackson develop as his backup. And you don't need a star with that defense. You just need a game manager. And guess what? Veteran quarterbacks are great game managers. See, I actually think it's a big deal because I think RG3 could help Dorian Thompson Robinson. And that's That's the guy the Browns are playing at quarterback now. This isn't Deshaun Watson's team, at least not for the rest of this year anymore. They're leaning on a fifth-round rookie. And while he has Watson, Deshaun's focused on his rehab, at least right now, as much as he is focused on helping DTR. I think RG3 could help him. There's one point of that. You do not run a 4-3-40 anymore, RG3. I'm sorry. I could, that I got to see I'm in a, order hey, to but 4 5 I'm going to okay. four, I'm gonna have to agree with him. Okay. I'm going to have to agree because I can probably run a 4 4 4 5 right now. He's much faster than me. I could run and I'm like 30 a, And I'm 35. I could run a 6-2. <laughs> Riding a bike. Big deal, not a big deal. Amber and Ian, I'm Aaron Gold. Amber with Norris Cole. What do we got next, Harry? Go ahead. Well, next we're going to travel all the way back to Cleveland. So we're not going anywhere. The Browns to work out Joe Flacco. Big deal, not a big deal, Aaron. Uh, to, to me, this is not a big deal. I have trouble. Guys, Joe Flacco was on his last leg like three years ago. And I I just, if you've got to get to the point where that's the guy that you're playing, he can't move. He's like the opposite of Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Statue. And that's part of why I think it's a really odd fit for him. You know, if, if they were trying to squeeze one game out of a guy for a backup or even Cincinnati's situation, I think Flacco makes more sense there than he does in Cleveland. Norris? Yeah, I'm going to say it's not a big deal because they shouldn't even be considering him. Like, if, if you're going to consider Joe, you got to take RG3 over. It's, just, it's a bunch of guys I'm taking over Joe Flacco at this point. I mean, I mean, Flacco did win games last year. He did. He did. But but come on. Come on. Come on. You don't you don't you don't you don't need to do that. You don't need to go that route. There's other guys that you can go with that can bring bring what he brings plus a little bit extra. 
All right, let's go on over to the hardwood where you had mentioned it earlier, Aaron. Russell Westbrook says he is okay coming off the bench. Norris, big deal, not a big deal. This is a big deal, but a big deal for a good reason. Somebody has to sacrifice. <laughs> when you bring star players together, historically over the history of the NBA, each of them understand how to sacrifice in order to win. And for the teams that bring stars together that don't win, it's because none of the stars sacrifice. And so Russ is showing that, hey, listen, I'm willing to sacrifice for the greater good of the team. And I'm hoping the other three superstars can follow suit. I think Russ gets a bit of a bad rap, Norris. I mean, you beat both Russ and Harden in a finals, so you kind of were on the court together with those guys back in 2012. But I'm mm -hmm. going to say that this is not a big deal only because I know the Clippers, okay? And either PG or Kawhi is going to get hurt over the course of the next few weeks and miss some games. And then what's going to happen? I mean, I'm going to assume at that point then that Russ is going to have to slide back into his role in the starting lineup. So I don't know how long this is even going to last. If I just go off of recent track record with the amount of time that Kawhi and PG have been out. So to me, because I don't think it's going to last very long, I'm going to say it's it's not a big deal. Harry Black with us, Amber and Ian, ESPN Radio, Aaron Goldhammer, two-time NBA champ, Norris Cole. Big deal or not a big deal? What's next, Harry? Well, next we have... Bradley Beal, who is expected to miss at least three weeks for the Phoenix Suns. Aaron, big deal, not a big deal. This is a big deal. Back injuries, ugh. This isn't like something that's just going to naturally heal, and he hasn't made his debut yet for the Suns. I think it's a big deal because it's the first time ever that he's changing teams. He's going into a totally different dynamic with a totally new coach. And they're going to need some reps and some time. When you go three weeks from now, just to be reevaluated around yeah. December 1st, I don't know that we see Bradley Beal before 2024 comes around. Norris? Yeah, this is a big deal. Anytime it has to do with your back, it's a big deal. You know, and he's not an old player. He's not like he's old. You know, so dealing with these back injuries, one day, two days, a week, you might feel good. And then in a week and a half, you tweak your back. Now you set out for another four or five weeks. And so they're going to need some continuity. And he's a big piece. It's the three of them that's going to make them the most dangerous, not just the two of them. It's the three of them. And so they're going to need him. And I, and I hope he can get that back together because historically, guys who have back problems, yeah, it's normally the beginning of the end. I remember growing up watching Larry Bird. He yes. couldn't even sit on the bench. He had to yes. lie on his back as he was playing. I mean, that's an old man NBA plot problem right there that we're seeing from a guy hasn't even played a game yet in his new uniform. That is another edition of Big Deal, not a big deal. Coming up next, this week we have a Super Bowl rematch, but is it a Super Bowl preview as well? Norris and I get you ready for Chiefs and Eagles on Monday Night Football, Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Tomorrow on ESPN Radio, it's a critical showdown in the Pac-12. Undefeated Washington looks to keep their playoff dreams alive when they face Oregon State, who are alive in the fight for an appearance in the Pac-12 championship game. Coverage begins tomorrow at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ABC, presented by Dr. Pepper. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, apparently on Monday night, the Swifts and Kelseys are going to meet. And that won't be the only big meeting. Also, the two teams will be playing on the field. A Super Bowl rematch between the Eagles and Chiefs. Amber and Ian, ESPN Radio, ESPN App. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Norris Cole. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You can check us out. The Dr. Pepper call-in line is open at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Norris, what do you think America wants to see more? The parents of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift hanging out with each other or the actual game between the Eagles and Kansas City? I'm going to be honest with you. For the pregame and halftime, it's going to be all about the Kelseys and the Swifts. I know. <laughs> I, and you're not that's, wrong. That's what it's going to be all about. <laughs> and you're not going to want to get up from pregame to during the game to halftime to after the game. You're going to be in your seat. I'll never forget the nervousness of meeting my wife's parents. And I met them early in the relationship, Norris. I met my wife's parents on our second date. And the nervousness of, oh, my God, to make a good impression. It is a very – everybody out there who's listening to this is nodding along as they hear us. Uh, Then there will be an actual game played between these two teams. And I'm trying to, Norris, I'm trying to sort out, and I don't know quite where even I stand on which team is more likely. I think they're still both the favorites in each conference. I don't know that I could say, though, for sure, without sorting it out with you first, which team is more likely to go back to the Super Bowl? Man, I, I can't tell you because both of them are the strong favorites in their conferences. I think we're going to have to see who's the healthiest. That'll be my answer. Who's ever the healthiest and who's ever defense is playing the, the most effective, I think that's going to be the team that should be the more favorite. Because you never can bet against Patrick Mahomes. You can't. Yeah. But, but you also know it can't be just him. We see this year his receivers are not creating separation. Mm-hmm. The defense, you know, they're not closing games out the way they once were. You know, and so And that's the strength of the Eagles. The Eagles' defense, they know how to close games out with that pass rush. I think the Eagles have a better, more well-rounded team. The Chiefs have Patrick bleeping Mahomes. Absolutely. And so I don't know that I would really want to bet against either one of those situations. I I think this game, though, means more to Philadelphia in the sense that, you know, uh, they – have that, you know, retribution. They want to prove to themselves that they can stop Mahomes and that they could get the win over supposedly the best team of the defending champs. Jalen Hurts talked about that, the quarterback of the Eagles, earlier this week. Take a listen. Obviously, he's playing for a really good team in this league, and um, he leads his team very well. Um, and they have a, they've always had a great, great thing going. Um, just the level of consistency that they've been able to play, and not only play, but win. Um, and so... 
he's always done a great job. Everything that he's been able to do over his career, um, have a lot of respect for that, and um, you know, to be a be a battle. Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, Aaron Goldhammer, Norris Cole. I think it's fair to say, based on what you said about the receivers, and I know he has Kelsey, but I think this would be the most impressive run for Patrick Mahomes because I think he has the least amount of support on his offense that he's ever had. Totally agree. Totally agree. I mean, who who is his number one receiver other than Kelsey? Well, Kelsey, yeah, Rache, yeah. Rice, I guess is sort of a, It's funny, you know, I was stupid. I took Sky Moore on my fantasy team. He's done basically nothing. They brought Michael Hardman back. He's mm-hmm. basically done nothing. People thought Kadarius Tony after the Super Bowl, big play on special teams that he made, that he would be a contributing factor, hasn't been able to catch it consistently. It feels almost like they're all kind of just barely getting by. Like there's nobody who I would even say on that receiving core who's an above average, let alone good. I don't know that anybody's above average NFL wide receiver. That's what I'm saying. So I mean, this is if this is a year. If there's ever been a year that you, that you can beat the Chiefs, this this is the year you better take advantage of it. And I think the Eagles are a team that their strengths are directly compared to the Chiefs' weaknesses. So the strength of the Eagles is their defense, and their in their pass rush and their secondary. And the weakness of the Chiefs is their wide receivers. Yeah. And so I think that that alone creates for for a great matchup. And I think as you can hear it in um you no know, his voice talking about the respect he had for Pat, you can tell like he's ready to get after it though. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. And I think this the Eagles have circled this game as I said, I think it's more important to them. Mahomes addressed this issue with his wide receivers. And it, look, he's not going to come out yet at least and make a big stink about this publicly, but it could be the narrative of their season. Take a listen. I've always felt like throughout the season, my, the chemistry gets better and better. Obviously, everybody wants everybody the receivers to blow up and everything like that. But I think guys have gotten better as the season's gone on, and um, they'll continue to get better. And we're making strides in the right direction. And I think uh, we'll keep keep doing that as the season goes, and hopefully carry that momentum into the playoffs. My concern for KC, you know, I think while everybody talks about the off field with Kelsey, I think on the field behind Mahomes, he's clearly their most important player. And if they were to lose him for any amount of time. I mean, I don't know how really their passing game and their offense, I know they've got Andy Reid. I don't know how they could get by. You know, in the meantime, one of the things that's impressed me about Philadelphia, Norris, is it almost feels like they're playing first and eight or first and seven on every single, because this, whatever you want to call it, tush push or brotherly shove play, mm-hmm. I kept thinking someone's going to figure out how to stop it. And actually, it seems to me that they're gaining more and more yards on the rugby scrum as the season goes along. Because you can't, you can't stop it. <laughs> how can you stop it? Because they're, they have this, the lower center of gravity. You're talking about a ton of weight pushing, plus the quarterback. He leg presses five, 600 pounds, so... You have those linemen, and then you have him pressing. Then you have the uh, the running backs pushing, you know, behind them. So it's like, how can you stop it for for a half a yard? Yeah, and I, what's to me, it's not just half a yard. They sometimes get three. I'm just yeah. amazed that nobody else can even try. Anybody tries to imitate it, and it's not even close. Which is why at first I was sort of like, I don't know that it's a football play. Should it be legal? 
look, you got to respect the fact that they do this and they do it so well because everybody else that tries, I see the Los Angeles Chargers try to execute this play, and it looks like a complete disaster. It was a complete disaster. So why is it so hard? It's snap the ball and push. Well, I guess not everybody has guys whose legs are as strong as Jason Kelsey and Jalen Hurts. No, seriously, that's what it is. And then the timing of the snap. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's on on key when he when he's whatever his signal is to say hut to snap the ball. Yeah, they move in sync. You know, other teams just like they snap the ball. Uh, one part of the line is pushing, the other part of the line getting drove back. <laughs> Somebody yeah. diving over the top, hitting the quarterback. It's like yeah. they have it all in sync. The level of coordination is not quite there. We've agreed that Philly, it's more important for them. I think one of these teams is going to make it back, but not both. I just think there is so much variance in the NFL, and we've seen, you know, the Cincinnati situation this week, the Cleveland situation this week. Lamar Jackson spent time in the medical tent. There have just been so many injuries. I find it hard to believe that you really will almost ever again have a repeat Super Bowl matchup in back-to-back years. It's one-game playoffs, and the league is just too fluky. I think that we'll see this yeah, as a Super, a, a Super Bowl preview. I think it's definitely Super Bowl review, and they're both contenders. I bet you one team makes it, the other doesn't. Well, I'm hoping, for selfish reasons, I want to see the Eagles play against the Ravens. That's what I want to see. Yeah, that's your your that's, former that's, favorite team. This is Norris's odd NFL fandom. You have favorite players and not favorite. Te- You're an ideal like Heedle in the sense that yes. you don't have favorite teams. You got favorite players. Lamar against your former favorite team. You'd be like, whoever wins, I'm going to be happy with this. Absolutely, and I'm a fan of Jalen Hurts and um, Smith as well. Yeah, and and you know, and of course AJ. You know, Man. so that would be great to see. The, the I, Eagles I, versus the uh, the Ravens. The I, birds. I the battle with the birds. To me, Philly really is probably the best team. I just don't know that they've shown it quite yet this season. Up next, we go back to Cincinnati. What's next for the Bengals? It's on ESPN Radio. Greeny. If you look at the video one time and you say, I need to see it again, the call stands. Instant replay should only be overturning massively blown calls. Weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.